Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. As you know, the podcast is currently sponsored by Waterfall. For the month of December, Waterfall are spreading some Christmas cheer by giving away a six-month supply of wipes each for you and a friend. So to be in with the chance of winning, follow Waterfall's Instagram page, Waterfall Baby Wipes, which I will link in the show notes. And make sure to tag your friend on the post that I put up the other day on the Ireland's Birth Stories page. Winner will be announced on Instagram. Good luck. And don't forget that Waterfall baby wipes contain just two simple ingredients and 99.9% purified water. Waterfall baby wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for your baby's skin and for the planet. The wipes very recently won the best new product um, with the Mums and Tots Awards after only a few months on the shelves, which is amazing. And they're definitely on track to win a lot more awards in 2022. So make sure to go over, follow the Instagram page, which I have tagged in the show notes, and make sure to tag your friends over on my own page. Good luck. You will have to excuse my blocked nose. I seem to constantly have a cold the past few weeks. And you've listened to me with a stuffy nose doing my recordings. So this week I am sharing a bonus episode and I will do the following week as well. I know there'll be a lot of walks over the next few weeks over Christmas to get some fresh air and some space as well. So I I thought I'd uh, share some extra episodes. So this week I will be sharing my chat with Sinead Higston. We spoke a couple of weeks back when she was heavily pregnant um, with her little baby who we now know is a little boy. So she chats about multiple early pregnancy losses, dealing with that, coping with pregnancy after loss, coping with anxiety. although like you really want to see the baby in the scan. There's so much fear walking through, the, through those doors um, to see baby and to see that everything is okay. Uh, we then chat about the build up to baby and kind of letting yourself feel excited. She admits that she hasn't really been able to Really, not enjoy, but really settle into the pregnancy because she's so fearful that something is going to go wrong. I nearly can't believe that she is about to have this baby. So she's all prepared. She chats to me about her bag and how she is feeling and how the fact that she just cannot wait to hold her baby. She also, we also um, spoke last year about her first experience of birth. Um, bring her little girl Lily into the world so I will pop that in the show notes as well it is a really tough listen it's a during a really hard time in Sinead's life so I will let you listen to this episode and enjoy our chat at the end that I really enjoyed Uh, so I hope you enjoy and I will chat to you soon. So Sinead you're very welcome I'm delighted to see your face again and have you back chatting to me. Twice the size there was the last time. <laughs> we were just having a chat there. We were just saying it's actually this time last year, this month last year that we we first spoke. Um, and yeah, you shared your story with Lily. Yeah, yeah, my delightful delivery, as I call it, with Lily, my um wonderful experience of being, yeah, yeah. 
So I'll link that episode as well in the show notes for anyone who wants wanted to hear our first conversation. But I was saying to you there as well, the last time we spoke, we you mentioned that you weren't going to conceive again. And now you're in front of me and you're due in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. So will we will yeah, we bring it back we, and go through go through the last the last year then? Yeah, so we we had a rough L twenty twenty, didn't we all with COVID? But we um yeah, we decided to go for number three, give it a bash, see what happens. Um Dylan was what just turned two. Um and yeah, we just figured it was the right time. I was getting older, turning 39 last year, so decided yet yeah, number three and got pregnant quite quickly we, we decided in January we were pregnant in April um actually the longest gap in from trying to positive tests that I've ever had because usually I blink and I'm pregnant with the other two anyway um so yeah and then we were kind of thrown into working from home obviously from the end of March and the kids were pulled out of school and crashed and our house was just a bucket of fun <laughs> um it was hell on earth I'm not gonna lie <laughs> But yeah, the two of us were literally like, we only, we live in a three bed semi. There's no, there's no spare rooms to go and work in. So there was just carnage. Um, but then early on, I was only about five and a half weeks pregnant. Um, and literally went to the toilet and I started bleeding, which was very new to me. I'd never had anything like that with the other two. Um, so I phoned Hollis Street and I just said, you know, I'm pregnant, but I've just started bleeding. And the usual, how far gone are you? Five and a half weeks. Yeah, too early to tell. There'll be nothing there to see. But if you really want to come on in on your way to A&E. So I went in to be checked and obviously it's go on my own. Um, and they did a, a tummy scan, but obviously couldn't see a thing because so early on the machines in A&E wouldn't be the greatest anyway. Um, so they just told me to come back. They did bloods and they said, look, you know, we need to give it another week before we'll be able to see anything anyway. But a couple of days later, I got a phone call to say to come in because my HCG levels were quite high. Um, so they just said, look, they should be able to see something. but went in there was no there was no there was nothing there was a sack and nothing else that week that like it was literally five and a half weeks so there was Mm. no you know the sack was there but there was no embryo in the sack so I was like okay this is very early on this is a good thing psychologically in my head there was no baby there so I was like it's okay there's nothing you know it's happened really really early on and so they did make me come back a week later um, and sadly, a week later, there was a little embryo there with no heartbeat. So six and a half weeks, it had measured pretty much on because it was so tiny anyway. Um, but yeah, no heartbeat. So they brought me back in. Then another week later, so it was a good two weeks of waiting around to see if anything was going to develop. And yeah, at seven weeks, they just said, look, you know, it's not going to be a viable pregnancy. There's no heartbeat. And the sack was a really weird, irregular shape. Um, so I was absolutely traumatized. Like I had bled quite heavily in that two weeks as well. And like in my head, everything had passed and, you know, there was nothing left and everything else, but I still, nothing had passed. So I don't even know where all the blood was coming from. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I had a DNC then with that, um, which again was horrific. I mean, you're dropped off the front door during COVID, you know, they can't, your partner, your husband couldn't come sit with you. Um, and then we, we kind of cracked on. We we didn't really want to wait around. We didn't really give ourselves much time. We just kind of continued on as normal. Um, and then in the July, um, found out I was pregnant again. We were actually away on our little staycation down in Kerry. Um, and I hadn't had a cycle in between. So I had no, like I had nothing to go on. I had no dates. I had no nothing. Didn't even know that I had ovulated. I'm not one of those people at the time that was like so clued in to my system that I'd be like oh I think I'm ovulating today mm. um so yeah I didn't have a clue so obviously phoned Hollis Street again the, looking back now like I laugh I, I'd say I took about 10 million pregnancy tests last year if I, if I actually added them all yeah. up um looking back the progression of those tests was so slow like and it's not something I had any experience with so I didn't think anything of it at the time but now I know obviously um but yeah, so I felt very pregnant. Booze were sore, the usual little queasiness in the evening. I never got morning sick because it was always in the evening. And I booked a private scan at seven weeks um, to because Hollow Street wouldn't see me before. I think it was nine or ten weeks, I think, was the, the time frame. And I was obviously like, oh, I just want to make sure everything's okay after the last time. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, went for that scan. Again, Michael wasn't allowed in with me. It was just myself on my own. And there was nothing in my uterus. There was, there was no baby. So the tests were positive and had progressed very slowly, but they still had progressed from, you know, the digital one to two, two to three, three plus. Um, but there was no baby there. So I, I actually laughed when she said, I could see on the screen, I was like, so where would the baby be? Um, and she said, I'm sorry, I actually can't locate the pregnancy. So I obviously then got upset, as you would. And she said, you need to go into Honda Street and have your bloods drawn and just see what the story is. So I literally walked out, collapsed in the stairwell in hysterics um, and into town, had bloods drawn. I was actually in Hollis Street for, it felt like an age. Um, it was pretty much half the afternoon because they took bloods and they did a really extensive internal scan, which was really awful. Like it was just really long and I was trying to ask questions because I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, they were kind of saying, look, can we just concentrate? Like we need to just concentrate here. We're trying to find where your, your baby might be implanted and couldn't find anything, check my tubes, everything. But it went on for so, so long. And then I was left kind of sitting in the waiting room for ages for the doctor to come. And I was absolutely hysterical. I'll never forget it because like the first one was kind of traumatic enough, but that one was really hard without Michael there. Mm. I just, the uncertainty of what was going on. And they had thrown out so many different terms, like, you know, ectopic pregnancy or it was just so many terms that I'd never heard of before. So I was just sitting there going, what is going on? Um, so the doctor came and she said, look, you need to come back in two days time and we will have your HCG results obviously today. But we need to check them again in a couple of days time and see where they're at. Um, and then we'll obviously be able to tell further. But if you feel any pain, any sharp pains in your shoulder, which was another thing that I didn't realize with an ectopic pregnancy, if you get a pain in your shoulder, it's a sign of an ectopic pregnancy. And they still can't explain why, but it's just one of those symptoms. Um, any bleeding, anything like that, that I was come straight back in. So I was like, okay. So I went home, went back in on the Friday. So that was the Wednesday. I went back in on the Friday and my levels had gone up um, now marginally, but they were still, they had risen, which was obviously a, a flag for them to be like, okay, there is an embryo somewhere, but we just don't know where it's growing. Um, had they made any any suggestion that it could have been an ectopic pregnancy? They had mentioned ectopic, um, <laughs> but they they said like because of how long they did, like they couldn't see it. They they checked both tubes and they couldn't see any signs of an ectopic. Um, so yeah, they 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 just said on the Friday like they kind of were like we want to keep you in, and I was like oh no 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 because like this was you know partners and husbands were not allowed into the hospital and I was like I'm not staying here like there's no way I'm sitting here all weekend on my own yeah. that's not happening and I am one of those people like you know obviously anyone who listened to the first podcast that we did will know that you know when Jeff died I was pregnant with Lily but since that moment I have kept busy it's my way through life I don't sit and do nothing I keep busy I, mm. I keep moving I keep my mind occupied so it doesn't go to dark places and I was like I can't sit in a bed for two days by myself like, this is not good for me. But she basically said that because my levels had risen so much, um, I lived a good 40 minute drive from the hospital. She was like, if you collapse and you're that far away from us, like it, it, it's not safe. Like it's actually quite dangerous. You know, you can you can die if this rupture is somewhere where it's not supposed to be. And I was like, OK, that's not great either. Like, what do you do here? You know, um, so I was kept in on the Friday and um, all weekend was very much scans bloods you know just keeping an eye and um, the doctor had come in and talked about the metatraxate injection i had done some research on it and i was adamant that, that that i wasn't doing that so i was like i'm not having that injection i'm 39 years old you have to wait for at least three months after you get the injection before you can even start trying again um and it doesn't necessarily work the first time so you might have to have a second injection and i just for me at that time was not the right thing for me to do. Had I been maybe 10 years younger, it wouldn't have bothered me so much, but I was like, no, I'm not, you know, that's not the road I want to go down. So do you want to tell um, us what that is for the, for the listeners who don't know what that injection is? So basically they, they give you this, it, it's like a cancer drug from what I, or a chemo drug from what I have read up on. Um, and it basically breaks down the cells. So effectively it's, they inject it into your thigh and it, I suppose, targets the 
the embryo wherever it's implanted itself and it, it dissolves it. So it effectively is meant to break down the embryo. Um, that's my understanding of what it mm-hmm. does. Now, obviously, I'm not a professional. I, you know, that's just from what I read, that's kind of the idea. Um, but sometimes it doesn't work and you need a second one. And then even at that, it might work. You might need surgery anyway. So in my head, all of these things were kind of flagging. Don't get the injection. Just let them see what happens here. And also, if if you've had an ectopic and they've removed the embryo but left you with your tube, your risk of having another ectopic can be higher because the tube is damaged, from what I have been told. Okay. That that was also playing on my mind. I was like, well, I definitely don't want to risk having another ectopic. If this, even at that stage, they weren't 100% certain mm. it was an ectopic. So on the Sunday then, Michael came into town with the kids and I pretty much begged the nurse. I was like, please let me go over to Marion Square and just see my kids and go to the playground and whatever. And she was like, right. And I felt awful. Felt like shit. But she was like, are you sure you're okay to go? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And she was like, look, the paperwork that I'm going to have to do now, if you collapse over there. I was like, I promise I won't. <laughs> I was like, I promise I'll get my husband to bring me all the way back to the yeah. bed. Like, Drop me there. <laughs> I was like, please just let me go. So I went over and hung out with the kids for a couple of hours. It was just, it was so low. It was exactly what I needed. Needed, yeah. I felt awful. I got back that evening and she was like, you don't look great. I was like, no, I really don't feel well. And randomly, I had a pain on my right side. But ultimately, they found everything anyway on the left-hand side. So I had been really adamant about not getting the injection. So their only other option was to go in and have a look and see if they could see by actually putting a camera in my tummy to see if it was in there so the Monday then there was talk about going in for surgery and they eventually decided Monday evening that they were going to bring me in so I went in and they found a little teensy embryo in my left tube so the opposite side to where where I was getting my phantom pain Um, and they removed my tube as well because he said that it had just ruptured so I was like in a way kind of good you know that they actually didn't leave the tube damaged because obviously it, it increases your chances of having another ectopic. Um, obviously disappointed, I suppose, at 39 mm. going crap. You know, we really do want a third and they've only got one tube. Um, but yeah, so they did a, a little DNC as well because there had been this little random black sack as well in my uterus this whole time just to throw them, I suppose, <laughs> and add a little extra. So they did a DNC as well. So he did say to me, look, you know, ideally wait a cycle before you start trying again, just to give, you know, yourself time and it lets us date a pregnancy better, you know, because obviously this one, I hadn't a clue how far gone I was. Um, so we waited a cycle and we got pregnant again straight away, which was, you know, I'm obviously very fertile. <laughs> I have no problem getting pregnant, which is clear. Um, so yeah, we found out we were pregnant in the October absolutely over the moon again felt great as in was you know all the usual symptoms obviously petrified because you just don't know after having two back to back you're kind of going look the chances are high that there's going to be another one but feeling very hopeful at the same time um had very early scans so they took me in at like six weeks to make sure that it had implanted where it was meant to um and then it had and everything was great and there was a little heartbeat and they brought me back in at eight weeks um, and again, to check and everything was great. Another little heartbeat and everything was measuring the way it was meant to measure. Um, and then at nine weeks, it was on the Thursday, I was sitting at the kitchen table again, working from home. Um, and I just felt different. I can't even describe why. Like my boobs were still sore. I still felt pregnant, but I just felt different pregnant. Um no bleeding, no nothing, no pain, nothing. And I just rang Hollow Street and I said, look, I just feel different. Um, and she said, oh, you know, you've, you've had two back-to-back losses. It's totally natural for you to be paranoid and worried and all the rest. And I was like, no, I know that, but I still, there's just something funny. I just don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And she said, look, we're not going to turn you away at the door, but we don't want to be dragging you in either. Like, you know, you're obviously not next door to us. But she said, look, come on in if you want. But, you know, no pain, no bleeding. There's no reason for you to be worrying. Everything's been fine the last couple of scans that you've had. Um, but me being me, I was like, no, I just I just feel like there's something. So I went in and she did a tummy scan first. Now, I should have been nine and a half weeks at that stage. Mm. And she then said, no, look, I'm actually going to do an internal. And I knew then I was like, there's no heartbeat. I can tell because 
you know, there's no way they wouldn't be able to see a heartbeat on my tummy at this stage. Um, so she did the internal scan and yeah, there was no heartbeat again. So we lost, we, we named that one Charlie. Lily decided that she was going to call it Charlie because it could be a boy or a girl's name. Um, and I literally burst into tears and begged them to do the DNC there and then, but they said, no, look, we have to wait. So I went back in on the Monday um, and I had another DNC on the Monday and they sent that baby off for testing. So because it was my third, obviously, in a row, um, they sent him off. So in the January, then I had to go back in and have just scans on my tubes and everywhere just to make sure that everything else was kind of functioning the way it was supposed to, I suppose. Um, so early January, I had all that done. I had all loads of bloods and everything taken. Michael had bloods. Michael had one blood tube thing taken. I had about 50. I was like, way to make it feel like it's the woman's fault. Um, and yeah, so everything came back normal. Everything was fine. You know, it, bottom line, I suppose, was just age and aging eggs. Um, they got the results back then from Charlie and... They found out that it was a little boy, which was very hard to swallow. I have to mm. say it was a lot easier, I suppose, to kind of digest when you don't really know. I don't know. It just felt way more connected when I knew the sex um, and that he had trisomy 21 as well. So that explained why he didn't make it. So trisomy 21 is Down syndrome. Um, so, yeah, his heart obviously just didn't grow properly. And I think um, I think when when you lost little Charlie, you posted a little picture of a white rose. And I remember I was in bed and it was a, such a gut punch when I saw that because yeah. everyone was rooting for you and for the baby yeah. and we'd just be so excited. And then when I saw that, like, no, no, not, not again. again like, yeah. Um, well, it, it was exactly that. It was just like, you know, you're so hopeful and you're yeah. so full of like, we've got this, you know, we're due next July. Everything's going to be amazing. Mm. And then to hear those words again, like, I'm sorry, you were right. There's no heartbeat. Like, it was just, I have to say, it was horrific. I, you know, I was, as, you know, I was nine and a half weeks, which is mm. it, technically it's so early on in a pregnancy, really. But at the same time, like, I was just absolutely devastated. It just proved to me, you know, it doesn't matter how, how far along you are, like, no. It's just, it's, it's, it's horrific. I can't even, I don't have words still to be able to describe the feeling of it. Um, so that was, it was a hard thing to hear as well that he had Charisma 21 because you just don't, you don't actually think that there's anything going to come back from these tests. You just mm-hmm. think that it's one of those things. But in a way, I suppose hearing that it's just one of those things is more frustrating. You know, at least we had, we had a reason as well. Um, so I was very much kind of my my want, I suppose, for trying again was fading fast at this stage because I was like, clearly somebody's trying to tell us something here, like three in a row. Um, but I had a lovely conversation actually with Kathy Allen. She's the one of the doctors in Hollow Street. Um, at the beginning of February, the in January then, sorry, my we were standing, we hadn't really, we hadn't really tried anything. We weren't doing anything. Um, and I was in the kitchen and Michael actually said to me, he was like, are you pregnant? And this is kind of near the end of January. And I looked at him and I was like, no, no, I couldn't like, no, I'm not pregnant. And I hadn't, I hadn't got my period back or anything. I was, it had gone on longer than the other, as I hadn't, my cycle hadn't returned yet from the, from the last C and C even at this stage. And he was like, your boobs look like you're pregnant. And I started laughing. I was like, oh, you're gas. And he was like, no, I'm not joking. Your boobs look like you're pregnant. And I just stood there going, oh, my God, could you imagine? So the following morning, I did a test and it was positive. And I was like, oh, Jesus. But in my head, I was like, this has to be HCG from mm. the last one. Like because the first miscarriage, it took ages for my HCG to go away. Um, so fully convinced myself that it was just residue, you know, HCG business. Um, and then literally within... Within a week, it must have been within like five days later, I started bleeding. So it was obviously a chemical pregnancy because the test was too strong to have been HCG residue. Um, so after that, I remember Kathy Allen phoned and I was chatting to her and I said, look, you know, to me, this is four little eggs that haven't been able to, to make it long enough to kind of 
get going even. Um, and I was like, I just, I think we're done. And she said, Sinead, you know, there's different options. She said, look, you can go down the IVF route if you want. Like you at your age would need to get your eggs obviously tested first to make sure that they're quality in order to be able to make the baby. Um, and she said, it is pricey. But if you're absolutely adamant you want number three, then that is something that you can do. You know, it is an option for you. The door isn't completely closed. And she said, but look, like at the end of the day, you can get pregnant, which is amazing for somebody your age. My AMH level as well was actually quite impressive for somebody my age. Um, and she just said, like, your AMH level is incredible for a 40-year-old to turn 40 in April. Um, and she said, like, if you have it in you mentally to have another miscarriage, there's nothing stopping you from going again. Mm. And it was just something that really struck me. I was like, that's actually so true. Like if I have the emotional strength to go through another one, then yeah, we do give it another bash. But obviously if I felt mentally completely and utterly mentally done, then no, you know, don't go down the try again yourselves route, go down a more expensive route. Um, so look, Michael and I had the chat and we were like, what do we do? And we decided, yeah, but he... Funnily enough, like firstly, it was very much me that wanted number three, and then it, tables totally turned as the year went on. Um, so yeah, he was just like, "Look, do you know what? Let's give it a couple of months of a total break." Not. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Not doing anything, thinking about it, nothing, no tracking, no nothing. Um, and then let's try again in whenever, March, April time. Um, and I had been like myself kind of, I flipped very much in, right, what can I do to improve me and how I'm feeling and my body and everything else? I put on a whole load of weight from obviously having so many miscarriages back to back. 
um, I had started taking ProSieve, which was really helpful, not only like nutritionally, but psychologically, it really helped getting up in the morning and taking mm. that. Um, joined Slimming World and like, you know, lost a little bit of weight, not massive amounts, but just to feel healthier in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did all that in the kind of two months that we didn't do anything. Um, and then in the March, we said, right, let's give it one more go. And yeah, found out on Michael's birthday, actually, that mm-hmm. I was pregnant again. Um, so obviously had started the little spark of life buzz. Yes. As I call it. Um, so had started that in April, where you obviously light a candle every night, especially in your two-week ways and hashtagged it spark of life and just manifested, you know, getting pregnant and imagining that big fat positive and it kind of took off a little bit and the amount of messages that I was getting from people about it was just so lovely and positive and hopeful and you know loads of people joined me in it um so this little one I say little actually massive <laughs> has been nicknamed Sparky as a result um we asked to find out at the 18th of April that I was pregnant again and kind of in total disbelief I was just like let's just see I think I was more relaxed going into that pregnancy than as in at the very beginning, I don't, I don't mean now, yeah. now I'm completely batshit crazy. But the very beginning, I was just like, you know, what will be, will be, you know, we've decided to give it one more go and this is it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Hollistries were pretty amazing. I was in there weekly. I was the TLC clinic with Kathy Allen up until 12 weeks, but like was able to just kind of say to them, I'm really worried. Can I come in? And like, there's never been a problem. They've looked after me so incredibly well. Um, when you got past the, that nine and a half, ten week stage, because that was the furthest you'd gone on the last, how did you feel then? Did you feel you could take a breath at all? Or did you feel you could, when did you, when did you feel you could settle into the pregnancy? I don't think I ever settled uh, into no. pregnancy. I was only thinking that myself. Well, I don't think I, I have. That. No, and everyone has said to me, like, this is your last baby. Like, you need to enjoy this pregnancy. And I have, not that I've hated every minute, because, I've loved when I'm lying on the couch in the evening and Sparky decides to do a somersault and, you know, when the kids are talking to my belly and they, you know, they get a kick in the ear. Like, that's their amazing moments. But I'm sitting here now and I'm like, "Mm, when's the last time you moved, actually? You know, it's just Mm. this constant worry, this constant fear. And, like, losing Charlie at nine and a half weeks was horrific. Like, I can't, as I said, I can't even verbalize how horrific it was i i can't imagine losing a baby further along than that i i just think women that have gone through that are incredibly strong um and i yeah it, it's a constant fear a constant I, I feel like my shoulders are heavy i think that's mm-hmm. how to describe it i feel like when i finally have this baby and it in my arms on my chest that's the only time that that heaviness is actually going to go and then it turns into different worry I do get that I have two kids but I haven't I haven't enjoyed it in the sense that it's just been I felt like it's too good to be true the whole way through I've constantly been waiting for them to tell me what's wrong you know what I mean and I've had everything that I haven't had in previous pregnancies like I hadn't really felt much movement like flutters and stuff very very few and then I went in for my 20 week scan and they were like oh you have an interior Placenta, and I was like, I have a what? what? Like, I'd never heard of any of these terms because my first two pregnancies were so breezy. Like, there was never anything, never morning sickness, nothing. So, obviously, my placenta is at the front and it's blocking all of these kicks that, like, Sparky was doing gymnastics in there during the scan. And she was like, Can you not feel that? And I was like, No, not really. Like, I feel something, but Mm. not not to the level that I can see on the screen. Um, So, that was obviously one thing that I'd had. I, my, my thyroid was another thing. So my thyroid meds, I've had an underactive thyroid for years. I think I, I don't know whether I mentioned it in the last podcast. I think you did, yeah, because um, we, we spoke about it. I have the same and we were just chatting about it. Yeah, so I, one of the things when I was chatting to the bereavement midwife in January or February, she said, one of the first things I want you to do when you get pregnant again is get your thyroid checked. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm pretty much on top of it. You know, I get it done every six months or so. And she was like, no, no, no. I want you to go and get it checked whenever you find out you're pregnant. So I was on 50 milligrams of altroxin every day and had my bloods done. And my doctor was like, ah, look, it's a little bit raised, but it's fine. 
very much, uh, it's grand. It's within the normal levels of whatever. So when Hollister's caught wind of what they were, they were like, no, 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 no. We want that down under three. And it was 4.9. Um, so I was like, all right, okay. So it just showed like my GP was on the kind of like, no, it's grand. But because I've had so many miscarriages, Hollister were very much like, no, this needs to be way down below that. So it took about, must have been about six weeks for them to get my meds right. But I'm on like triple, triple okay. the dose now. So I'm like, it just was ridiculous. Um, and took them about six weeks to get a balance. So they were really, really raised. So that was another thing that I think, again, psychologically it helps because you're like, oh, look, they're massively on top of my thyroid. Yeah. And having an unbalanced thyroid in early pregnancy can cause miscarriage, which yeah. I obviously found out after having them. Um, so, yeah, thyroid. And again, like I've had an underactive thyroid for years, but my meds have never been really affected when I've been pregnant. So it just shows how every pregnancy can be so different. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like literally graduated from the TLC clinic at 12 weeks and then went to the preterm surveillance clinic because Dylan was six weeks early. They kind of said, right, we're going to put you into this clinic for now until like, I think it's 28 weeks. They're kind of happy enough. Um, so I was in that clinic and they scan you every two weeks. So there is that lovely reassurance every couple of weeks when you see them on the screen. Um, and then I'm back now in the, just in the, the, the normal clinic, as I call it, <laughs> graduated from the preterm surveillance I'm still pregnant, which is amazing. Um, I'm too, no, I'm a day further than I got with Dylan at the moment. So, um, but yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been a journey. I can't even, yeah, it's, I just feel like I have been pregnant since April, 2020, yeah. now November, 2021. I don't have a baby yet. Like it's, it's been the longest pregnancy. I feel like an elephant in a two year pregnancy that elephants have to go through before they get a baby. That's what I feel like right now in more, in more sense of the words than just the, the length of a pregnancy. Um, what have you done? I know we've spoken a few times and I like rack my head. How can I help Sinead? How can I help her? I've gone. Too far gone. Just, but just to, just to, and I know you said you've done a few things like you, you bought a few baby bits and you held off for doing that for quite some time. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you, have you found anything that's helped you kind of get into that mode that you're, you're going to hold a baby in your arms in a couple of weeks? Um, it took me ages, like, you know, yourself, it took me ages to actually buy anything. I only mm. bought something like within the last few weeks in next one of those born in 2021 onesies. Um, no, like I think genuinely to get me through the first few weeks, like loads of people messaged me on Instagram and asked me, how did you get through the first few weeks of the unknown and the, you know, to get over the 12 week mark when you've had so many losses? I actually just pretended I wasn't pregnant, but I could because I didn't have ridiculous morning sickness. Like I got yeah. queasy in the evening, but like I really genuinely just tried to convince myself that I wasn't pregnant and just get on with life. And that's how I got through the first few weeks. And obviously I was being checked weekly. So there was that reassurance, but you also get scan, scan anxiety that you're, you know, you've got the couple of days before the scan that you're shitting yourself. That yeah. You're about to find out that there's no heartbeat every week. So as amazing as it was to have weekly scans, it also brought that anxiety with it every single week for those weekly scans. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm very open and chatty, as you know, like mm. love a good podcast. Um, but I found talking about my worries and my fears and everything else with people that I know that have experienced miscarriage and also people on Instagram that have shared stuff with me. It just feels so good to know that you're not alone in all of those feelings that you have, like the total unreasonable, you know, anxiety and worries and silly things that cross your mind. Like, like I bled early on in this pregnancy as well and then again at like 11 weeks and they put it down because they put me on progesterone I forgot to mention that they put okay. me on progesterone at the start of this my um, aspirin levels were fine um, but they did put me on progesterone and Kathy Allen said like there's nothing wrong with my progesterone levels but if it made me feel better that she mm. would give me a script and I was like yeah you know what it will just if it's not going to do any harm let's just give that a bash so like I bled early and I bled again at about 11 weeks and they put it down to the progesterone, which was hilarious. I was like, this thing, this is supposed to be helping me. But obviously I irritated myself when I put it in. It was my yeah. own doing, obviously. But yeah, I like, I don't know. It's just literally been week on week 
like I'm sitting here now I'm 35 weeks tomorrow and I'm like oh my god I cannot believe I'm 35 weeks tomorrow but at the same time I'm like oh my god I'm still pregnant <laughs> like I know yeah, I mean, yeah it's the weirdest kind of feeling of I am still pregnant but I'm so close to the finish line now but then that brings a whole other level of of fear and anxiety and worry that everything's actually going to be okay and that Sparky's going to be okay when they when they come out like I was fully convinced for the first four months that I'd only had one arm. I was like, I haven't seen the other arm in a scan. And my friend was like, Sinead, would you stop? I was like, well, I haven't seen the property. I really haven't. Like, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that like, they would have told you by now if your baby was missing an arm. Like, all of these totally, mm, yeah. you know, insane thoughts go through your head. And I think it's still very much real. Like, there's nothing to say that I am home free yet, you know. And I'm very aware of that now, more so than I ever was with the other two. Um, but I am scheduled in for a section, so I'm. What's your plan when Sparky does arrive and the two of you come home together to the rest of your family? What's your plan? You're going to are you going to stay in bed for the two weeks? Are you going to stay at home? What are you going to do? So if I make it to my section date, yeah. I will be in, obviously, for three to five days, whatever length of time they keep me in for. Um, chances are there will be no little visits to NICU this time, unlike Dylan, for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just going to be a baby stuck to my chest. It's going to be like a an addition to me because I'm not putting it down, never leaving me. I've decided. Um, I don't need any angel heart monitors or anything like that because it's just going to be here all of the time. Um, yeah, and I really, like, obviously this is absolutely the last hurrah for me. So I would love to be able to to breastfeed as long as I did with Dylan. Yeah. Um. And I just remember the advice of the, the lactation consultant that I had with him. And she was just like, lie down, forget about the housework. Lie down and feed your baby. That's what yeah. you're here for. That is your job for the next few weeks. Um, it obviously will be a lot harder. Like Lily was six whenever Dylan was born. So I did have that time. and She understood a little bit more. Like he is a pocket rocket. So he's not going to be as um, understanding. And it is going to be over the Christmas holidays. So everyone's going to be home. So it's going to be going to be an adjustment but sure hey it's just adding to the already mad house that we live in but Dylan's super excited he has two boy babies in his tummy apparently oh <laughs> yeah that's going to be fun whenever he realizes that he doesn't have any babies in his tummy but every time I like take a picture or do anything he's standing there going and me take a picture of my boy babies oh god so cute oh yeah oh he's so cute and he talks to baby sparky all the time he, ho- he puts one ear on my belly and holds the other ear as if it keeps the sound in. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so funny yeah. to watch. Um, but yeah, and Lily is manifesting a, a girl baby. Very Can't wait so. to find out. And I've no idea. Usually I'm really good. I've I've uh, been able to tell the sexes of all my nephews and nieces. Like, no problem. I just really? can't. Yeah, I can't. I have absolutely no idea what you're having. Sorry. I don't <laughs> feel like my bump is any different like I, d- I didn't feel like Dylan's bump was any different to Lily's bump either so like I'm yeah. like, nothing to go on like nothing I was convinced I was saying this to you before you started recording convinced it was a girl and then I'm pretty sure I did see a Willie in a scan but then everyone was like no that's the chord I'm like oh okay so I actually have no idea we don't have a boy's name yet if anybody wants to put up an L box and throw more suggestions in because we really have not settled on a name we have our girl's name but we don't have a boy's name and yeah, like I have bits and pieces from the last two. So there's no major panic. Like, yeah, I think you learn on number three. You don't need all the bells and whistles. You know, you just need to. Do you have your bag packed? Oh, I do. I do. So I have <laughs> never been able to do this. I didn't have any bags packed for the other two. So with Lily, I was in complete denial that I was actually pregnant until I had her. Um. And there was no Jeff around and I was still very much grieving and everything else. So I never really, I never had a bag for her. I went in and had her and then people brought my shit into the hospital to me. Um, Dylan, I was not ready. I probably would have been more sensible with him, but he arrived six weeks early. So again, nothing packed. And to be fair, Michael did pretty well packing my hospital bag with him. Um, so this time around, the incredible Siobhan from all of oh, Siobhan. Yeah. oh my God, <laughs> like I actually need to meet this woman, I really do. But she, I was going to buy them anyway, because I was like, this is my treat now, this is my last baby, I'm going on, I'm going to buy my hospital bags and fill them with everything. And she sent me my hospital bags. Yeah, she sent she's gorgeous. me my, I have two, so I have my bag and Sparky's bag. 
I don't need a labor bag because I'm having a section. So there's nothing really, I don't need any spritzy sprays that are, mm. no. Um, so yeah, I, they're up on the landing. They are packed. I've gone through my Sparky bag, but I haven't gone through my hospital bag yet. I must do that one of these days um, just to make sure I have everything. But do you know what I love? That's what I love about Instagram. Like you put up a question box and you're like, right, I have this in the bag, but has anyone else snuck anything in that's like really valuable for you? And like the suggestions are awesome. Like the extra long charging cable. I remember when I had Dylan and I couldn't charge my fucking phone. I had it on my shoulder half the time trying to get it to charge. And you're like, trying to text people with it on your head. So yeah, I bought like extra long charging cables and Siobhan has these really cool little, really dim lights. They're like, yeah, tea light things. Yeah. Yeah. And they're awesome. So like things like that, they're just, I'm actually kind of excited that I have like two hospital bags. (laughs) And the bags are pretty awesome as well. I was going to say, you'll have those forever as well when you go on your little trips. I got one of the wheelie ones and a large hold all as well the large hold all is awesome it's such a holiday bag like a weekend away bag yeah and then the wheelie one is like mary poppins one you know the way you open them and it just feels like it just has everything that you need in life on the kitchen sink in the bag so yes i am super super excited the only thing i don't have is a netflix list of things to watch that's my next Thanks. You'd be too busy looking at the baby. You'd be just studying the baby. You'd be taking his clothes off, looking at his little nails and hands. Yeah. I was only saying to someone today, who I was talking to, and I was talking about baby hands, and I was like, I had my baby's hands like stuck to my mouth and to my nose, just so I could oh my like... God, this the smell. The smell, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And when they're on your shoulder and their bum, when they pull their knees up right underneath oh, yeah. them, and their little bum is just there, like, I cannot... I can't wait. Like, it's actually kind of, it's that really annoying feeling of like, okay, can we hurry up? Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was walking through Dundrum today, I'm not leaving my house unless I'm wearing black now. That's my thing. Um, Because obviously Dylan, I was at a funeral when my waters broke. And it was very obvious with my clothing that my waters had broken. Um, So this time I'm like, no, I'm just going to wear black. And it's not as obvious. And I can hopefully waddle to my car and get home for my husband to bring me into hospital and all will be well. Mm, um, I know. I can't wait. Yeah. Or I might make it to uh, to my section days and have a nice, relaxing C-section experience. But mm. this is to be continued at a later date because I have no idea what's going to happen. I feel like if it's a girl, I'll, I'll get to my section date. And if it's a boy, I'll go early. That's what I feel. That's my vibe at the moment. Yeah. And the next time we see each other face to face, you're going to have a baby on your shoulder. I am going to. Well, no, you're going to have my baby on your shoulder. Um, OK, so thank you. I'm so excited to chat to you when Sparky does arrive. Yeah, it's going to be a gorgeous episode. So thank you so much. I can't wait. I'm actually really hoping that I do get to have like a nice, relaxed, scheduled C-section. Because I've heard wonderful things about a yeah. scheduled section, not an emergency one, because it was manic with Dylan. But I'm actually kind of... and um. Kitty sent me requests, which I never knew that you could request oh, yeah. things yeah. for your C-section. And she sent me the most incredible email with like this list of things that you can ask. Now, you may not get them all, but things that you can ask for, like, you know, have music playing and the drape slightly lowered and, mm. you know, that your husband properly announces the sex and all that kind of, I would never in a million years have thought that I could ask any of those questions. So yeah, I am, I'm hoping in that regard that I get to my date that I can kind of just have a little plan in place and yeah and make sure there's lots of photos taken as well give someone your phone I said it to Michael I actually would love 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 if you were allowed to bring a photographer in especially for your last baby but there's not a hope in hell um so I have Michael pre-warned and I've literally deleted like half of the photo because I'm terrible I keep every single photo on my phone there's never any memory on it so I've literally like gone through it all backed it all up and deleted like half the photos on my phone so there's plenty of space on it and I'm like right I'm actually probably going to write down a list of the photos that I want. Yeah, good idea. I'm lifting the baby up. I want all of this this time. I'm like, just get it all. I just, just <laughs> keep snapping. Keep your finger on the button. But yeah, no, I really do. I want so many photos. So many photos. I just can't wait. I actually, yeah, I'm very excited. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of us. We're, we're all in the exact same boat. We're all just cannot wait to see that photo <laughs> that has happened, that the baby's here. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I've literally been trying to think of the reveal as well. I'm like, do I do like a video or do I just spit it out and say like, you know, the name arrived on so everybody knows the sex or do I kind of make it a bit secretive and be like, ooh, what is it? <laughs> 
So yeah, now I'm I'm in the plans of uh, my announcement and what it's going to be like. You know me, I'll probably just spit it out on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, I had a baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to do something. Something uh, I have to keep the anticipation going because it's been since April 2020. Mm. <laughs> so maybe as well, I'll keep it going a bit longer. But yeah. Well, thank you. I'll actually share yeah, this soon. I'll share this soon. Ooh. Um, yeah. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> I'm touch more here in front of myself. Just in case. That score, I think you just literally cursed me. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> Did I? I should imagine. Oh, no. Stop. Oh, Sinead, Jesus. Tomorrow. So, yeah, I went into labor last night after our chat. <laughs> um, don't say that to me. Oh, my God. Because I'm literally like, remember I sent you a message there a few weeks ago. I was like, you're going to feel the warmth of the baby on your chest. That's how much I'm just like, I cannot wait for just the, the sigh of relief for you. The amount of messages that I'm getting from people saying like, I, like I'm literally checking in daily on your Instagram yeah. just to see where you're at. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I promise you, I'll let you know. I'm still here. I'm not going to go quiet. And if I do, it's because I'm in the middle of a C-section. <laughs> but other than that, I won't go quiet. But yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, thank you for sharing. No problem. And we all got to breathe that sigh of relief when Sinead... Um, brought her little boy into the world on Monday so exciting cannot wait to hear all about it and I'm just so happy that baby Sparky is here and I know I'm not alone in feeling that so congratulations huge congratulations to Sinead and family and I I'm just so happy so thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will keep you up to date um, and let Sinead enjoy her bubble and we'll catch up in a couple of weeks to hear all about her birth experience if you would like to share your story you are more than welcome to I've received a couple of messages in the past few days from people um, suggesting other people saying they want to hear someone else's story which I love so keep doing that if there's someone and you're intrigued to hear their story it could be anybody just tag that person let me know and I will reach out to them and yeah enjoy the rest of your week and I will have another episode ready for you on Monday Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>